0: Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy V and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Hey everybody, welcome back
1: in. It's our second hour. We roll till three today. It's always fun when we get a chance to uh, chat with Zubin Mahente, ESPN. He joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hello, Zubin. Guys, what's going on? Uh, look, I don't know about you, but the biggest story over the weekend was your guy, Bill Goldberg, is now the Universal Champion, beating Kevin Owens in 21 seconds. When does ESPN interview him?
2: You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because um, <laughs> we actually, I, I, you know, I'm not. I used to be into it when I was younger, but we actually have a part of our website
1: uh-huh. that is
2: dedicated to that. If you go to ESPN.com you will find like a slew of writers writing about that sort of stuff. I'm a little too old, I think, for that. Um, I definitely used to be into it when I was a kid. But it's surprising that there's so much crossover. If you go to a website, there's going to be some coverage on that. And that's something I don't think you would say too many years ago, but at the end of the day, I just think the lines are blurring all over the place, and that might be a prime example of that, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's amazing how, how, how it has changed. You said
3: you're too old for that. Jimmy B still watches it every Monday night. <laughs> it's
1: great theater. Sure, great theater. Sure.
3: Zuba, let's get into real sports. What do you think of that? <laughs> let's do it. college basketball this weekend and championship week is so much fun and we're going to see what three more teams tonight uh get their ticket into the ncaa tournament saw a little bit over the weekend of course the missouri valley conference tournament uh finished up yesterday and and i know for a lot of people it kind of feels like the kickoff to the week that matchup down in st louis each and every year this year we've seen belmont go down we see monmouth go down The mid-majors, you know, what can they do in the conference tournament to make it easier for these top seeds to not get knocked off so early?
2: Well, I mean, I think a lot of times the easy answer is to just give them some sort of a buy, right? Even another buy. I know a lot of times these conference tournaments, the top seeds already have a buy, but maybe you give them a double buy. And I know in the bigger leagues uh, that have a huge number of schools, like 14 or the Big Ten or the ACC, a double buy is is not a rare thing. But I think for those sorts of schools, what would really help is just giving them that extra notch. Like I said, in a lot of cases, they're waiting to play a team. Like Nevada, who's the number one team in the Mountain West, they're not playing the game until Thursday. But is there a way to perhaps give them another boost? Maybe it just doesn't work with the number of teams. You can only really work with the number of teams that you have. But to me, the bigger issue with that is not those teams getting knocked off so much, but what it really does when you're a one-bid league. Because this has been something that I'll talk to Lenardi about this on Saturday. And he, uh, you know, we disagree on one point. He's a proponent of, if you have a below 500 record in your conference, you shouldn't be eligible to make the tournament. I disagree. I think it's very hard to go eight and 10 in the ACC. I'm just making up an arbitrary, you know, two games under 500 respectable, and maybe the toughest league we've seen. It's a lot harder to do that than maybe win 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 games in another league. So because of the lack of uniformity, I don't necessarily agree with Joe on that. The one thing I would say about these teams, the trend that you mentioned, that really is difficult is what ends up happening is when you look at a school's resume, let's just use Illinois State, because that's one that everybody sort of gravitates yep. towards mm-hmm. your area with the valley. So they go 17-1 and in the league. They lose in a championship game. One team they lost to, they actually defeated, I believe, Wichita State and Illinois State in one regular season loss and they lost to each other. You look at Illinois State's schedule and you say, well, you know, They don't have any uh, top 50, uh, what, what kind of top 50 wins do they have? What else do they have on their resume? The Valley's down, all this sort of stuff. And the only thing I would say to that is, you know, so you want to take a team that's in the lower reaches of the Big East or the lower reaches of the Big Ten or scrape down a little bit in the SEC, even though I know it's been a down year for them, and take some team that's hovering around 500 or below 500 Those teams can say, well, you know, we've got X many uh, RPI top 50 wins. But they're playing teams in the RPI top 50 all the time, Mm -hmm. right? So if you have 13 games against the RPI top 50, I'm just making this up, and you win two of them, (laughs) what you're really saying is you can't beat any teams in the RPI top 50. When you look at that team's resume, it's like, oh, they've got two RPI top 50 wins. Mm -hmm. That's better than this team. That's That's better than Belmont. That's better than this. And the reality is, you have to look beyond the number and say, "Yeah, they might have two fifty top you know, top two top fifty RPI wins, but they're losing the majority of the games they play against those teams. Those teams, those other teams, don't get a chance to play those games. You play the holiday tournament somewhere in November and December, or whatever the case is, overseas, or you go down to the islands. You just never know who you're going to play. It's a total crapshoot, right? You win this game, you lose that game, and you never know who your opposition is going to be. So." I think for those teams, the biggest problem is not just advancing them in their tournament, but they don't get the opportunity, through no fault of their own, really, to play some of these RPI top 50 teams that can enhance their resume. And the teams that like to puff their chest out and say they have a couple or a few RPI top 50 wins, in reality, are losing the majority of the games they play against those teams. So Bill has said this once, and I think it's totally apropos. I think Bill is really good and really strong. I don't know what you guys think about him. I think he's great. And what he used to say always, and it's a, it's a baseball analogy but it makes a lot of sense, and he always used to say, tie goes to the runner, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Tie goes for the runner. And in this case, the tie would be Illinois State. It'd be Belmont. It would be Monmouth. It'd be whatever the case may be. It could be any one of them. It could be Oakland who got upset over the weekend. Yes, they did. You know, Mid- Middle Tennessee State, who's also putting together a really good resume again, but they're probably teetering in a one-bid-league situation as always, So. I'm with Billis. Ty goes to the runner in those particular cases. The numbers just don't state at all. They just don't.
1: Zubin, it's difficult, though, for a lot of those schools to play top 50 teams in their non-conference because most schools, they don't want to schedule those teams because they got a chance of getting
2: beat. No question. It's a, it's a no-win situation for yeah. those schools. No Home and homes don't do anything. I think home and homes in college football – are one thing, home and homes in college basketball, even though they're technically easier to schedule, because obviously you've got a lot more games at your disposal, and there's really not that much of a cap. It's not like, you know, we can play one extra regular season game there. Um, It just won't work. But I think the thing is, with those particular schools, what really hurts them is when the league is top-heavy. Like, I think we all know, we all know that at Wichita State, this team, not maybe the vintage Ron Baker, or Fred, Dan Glee teams. But even this Wichita State team, if they were in the most power leagues, they would certainly not win the league. They would not contend to win the league. I'm not going to go all Pollyanna there. But they would be competitive. Mm -hmm. They would be a tough out every night. And they'd win their fair share of games at home. They might pull an upset on the road. They have a great coach. They play a great style. So I'm not willing to say that they would go to another league and dominate it by no means by saying that. But I think they would hold their own. However... At Illinois State won yesterday, you could look at Richard Toss State's resume and say, eh, 17-1 in the Valley, played Illinois State three times, lost twice. Who is Illinois State? What do they really have? But if you look at it just with the eye test, it would tell you, and Lenardi said this by reason, they're one of the 36 best-at-large teams in the country, hands down, no question about it. You can't find 35 or 36 teams in the country that are better than Wichita State. Mm-hmm. But had they lost that game yesterday, the numbers were to tell you that they may not make it. And I think sometimes the eye test is seen as sort of foolish and all that sort of stuff. You have all these numbers available. Why would you just look at the eye test? It's like baseball before moneyball. Oh, that guy just looks like a player. Look at the way he fills out that uniform. You know, that scene is like archaic and simple. But to be honest with you, because these numbers can be skewed, And, Jim, to your point, a lot of these teams can't build a proper profile because there's no situation for the opponent that benefits them to go into the roundhouse and try to play with State or play them on a neutral court. I think sometimes we're so deep into the numbers that sometimes we just don't step back and say, this team is really good, and anybody that has a pair of eyes and watching can say that. Sometimes I think they go, well, they've beaten, well, they're not beaten. Just look at them. Just look at them. And I think sometimes that part of it, because we've got so many numbers at our disposal, the simple part of just look at this team. They look like a legit team. Sometimes that gets washed, and I think it's crazy.
3: Mick Cronin, Cincinnati head coach last week, uh, brought up an idea that I think many people believe in, that the NCAA maybe you will move a team up or down a seed line depending on potential matchups either in the first round or second round of the NCAA tournament. Now, the NCAA says absolutely not. This is a true bracketing process. It doesn't do it. But, boy, it seems like there's been so many instances of this that at the very least they've got to look at it and say, boy, that would be a juicy matchup. It, it makes sense in my mind. What about you, Zubin?
2: I had Nick, on, we had Nick on SportsCenter a couple of weeks ago, and I actually thought, you know, if we had this conversation like just a couple weeks ago, you know, I would say that they really had a legit chance to go pretty deep. Now I just feel like I'm really, we also had Tim Jankovic on the show, and I think, you know, Southern Methodist has really turned into the story in that league. Out here where we live, everybody just talks about UConn and what happened to UConn, but those two teams, Cincinnati and Southern Methodist, are really interesting. And to mix point, see, to me, I look at it this way when you're somebody like Mick Cronin. You're not going to get the benefit of the doubt anyway, so you might as well do it. I remember last year on Selection Sunday, uh, Cal was on our Bracketology show, and he was just beside himself that the team got the seed that they got. And, in fact, I believe they were eliminated in the second round. They didn't even end up making the Sweet 16. That might have been out your neck of the woods, if I'm not mistaken. And it was one of those things where Cal can say that, and the committee will sort of – they may not say they're listening, (laughs) but when Cal speaks, everybody listens. Mm -hmm. When Cal went in there and passionately defended Mark Godfrey. He wasn't doing that to, to his own horn. He was doing that because he knows when he talks, other people listen. When they knocked off Georgia in Athens and he went into the press conference and fought for Mark Fox, I mean, if I was Mark Fox, I'd be so happy with that because when Cal does that stuff, people listen. Cronin's in a different spot. Cronin, I think, is thinking to himself, hey, they're not going to listen to me anyway. <laughs> so I might as well go out there and just be honest, right? Yeah. Your you Cal... All your words are calculated. Everybody listens to what? Cal- What's he thinking? What's he saying? Why is he doing this? What's the motivation behind that? So when he talks, there's always he knows what his audience is. There's no mistaking. He walks into a press room in Athens, Georgia, and realizes every TV station in Atlanta and every newspaper guy is sitting in there ready to write the "Let's fire Mark Fox" story. And he goes in there. He knows his audience, right? They played Georgia in, in, in Lexington, and he didn't make those comments. Mm-hmm. But he knows where he was. He knows where he was sitting down. He knows who he was talking to. He knew who his audience was. So those things matter. But if you're Nick, with all due respect to Nick, he's overcome some health problems. He's a great, great coach. He's a sink. he got all that stuff. Right. He's like, you know what? We're in this conference that people don't respect. They don't respect us. I'm just going to speak the truth because what's the downside? Otherwise, we are just going to get pent up and I'm going to get angry. <laughs> if I say it, maybe some people will listen. And if people don't like it, they'll just disregard me anyway. So I just think he's one of those guys that's just like there's no downside into just saying what you think because at the end of the day, it's probably no harm, no foul.
1: I love guys like that. And Corona, he's one of them that I really like. Uh, Zubin, let's kind of localize here on this next uh, question. And we'll do Iowa and Iowa State with the tournaments and the respective conferences coming up. It is Trent and myself who believe that if – Iowa were to win two games in the Big Ten uh, tournament, that that would probably get them into the dance. Are we all wet on that, or do you see a similar scenario?
2: I see a similar scenario, but it's actually funny. That ties back into our first question. Would you rather see Iowa scraping and clawing a little bit in the Big Ten tournament, coming off that win against Wisconsin and suddenly can't beat anybody would you ever see them? I think the answer we're I think, it would be yes, because yes, I, you're yes, lifelong yes, yeah. but me, I think if you're a lifelong hawk. You can ask, practice, ask,
1: huh? ask me that question, because I don't have a tie to any of the schools.
2: Jim, well, would you like to see a middling Iowa team in the NCAA tournament? Yes, I would. Okay, so I think you have to do that for your listenership. Good call there. But I think it's one of those things where, if you look at it from the outside, we can tie that right back into our first question. Eh, Iowa, eh, yeah. underwhelming the yeah. entire year. Jock, yeah, young players love Jock, blah, blah, blah all that sort of stuff, or would you rather see somebody that can maybe get on fire that's going to get left out with a high 20-something win total? I think Iowa falls perfectly into that particular category if they were to win a couple games. I just don't know what to think of the Wisconsin win because as bad as Wisconsin has played and they have played poorly, it is not easy, even when they're playing poorly, which is not often, to win at the Kohl Center. In fact, after that game last week, I actually texted Trent. I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming mm-hmm. at all. And, you know, text, uh, Trent texted me back. It's a fun win. Well, Hannon's a big time He's it guy. He's got the intangible young team on the rise. I talked to Chris Hassel about it. I ran into him on Saturday, too. We talked briefly uh, about it. But so I actually put stock into that. People are like, oh, it's Wisconsin. They can't beat anybody. They're losing to lose the unranked team left and right. There's something about, there's something about winning at the Kohl Center, and maybe Iowa's best days are, you know, a couple of years down the line, which is what Trent seemed to indicate to me, and Hassel, who will follow the team pretty close, seemed to indicate to me. But, you know, I personally, having lived in Iowa, would love to see it, but I just, you know, as a random fan, as an average fan, I just I don't know how enthused I would be with a, an Iowa team just getting in that sort of a, eh. Yeah. I, I think one thing we're finding is it, it, there's 351 teams, so the math says it shouldn't be that hard to find 68 good ones. But it's hard to find sixty eight
1: could we That's a good answer and yes, I did placate our audience. Thank you, Zubin.
2: <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> so
3: Zubin, every year there is, you know, a team that is middling. Not the team that we're talking about like Iowa, but there's a team four, five, six range that, that puts it together usually from a major conference and gets to a final four. Is there a team that you're keeping an eye on right there? And could you put the Iowa State Cyclones maybe as one of those teams? Uh-huh. With the right draw, that can
2: get to a Final Four. I think so. I think i mentioned this on your show before. I've been pushing this for a long time, you know. Uh, and I and I don't know I know there's a certain class of beloved player at Iowa State. Now, obviously, Fred is on that list. I wasn't around for his career, but I'm going to make a leap of faith and say Niang is on that list. Mm-hmm. Like beloved, beloved players, uh, greater all the beloved, beloved players. Barry Stevens or if you want to go all the way back. I don't think, for whatever reason, in terms of adulation, though I could be wrong, because um, I don't think he's has much of a personality, maybe as the hang it, but in terms of most important players, the Cyclones have had in a long time, and will go down statistically, as one of the best players ever in the Big 12, and not just, I'm talking, impact to the next level, like, let's say, somebody like Buddy Heald or Kevin Durant, or somebody that really just made a splash or made a splash, at the next level with those two guys sitting the bill on those respectively. But I do believe that Monte Morris will go down as one of the most underrated college basketball players of the last, I don't know, quarter century. I mean, you look at his assist to turnover ratio. It's sort of one of those statements, like when you say it on the surface, people laugh. Like, I'll give you a good one. Doug McDermott is one of the best players in the history of college basketball. On the surface, that almost seems laughable. Mm-hmm. But then you just think about it for one second, and you're like, no, that's not a reach. <laughs> it's really, really not a reach at all to say that. 2,000 points out of nowhere, major damage in the tournament, great player. And I'm not talking about anything he's done at the next level because he hasn't been the type of player that we thought, but I think a lot of us knew that. But I think you sometimes look at these statements on the surface you can make the same statement about Monte Morris. Monte Morris will go down as one of the biggest impact players, impact players Iowa State has ever had. But because he's not a local boy like Fred, or maybe didn't have the personality of Niang, just sort of did his job with the point card position, and you get some other things off the court, as we know with Flint and all that. I just think that Iowa State, if you have a guy like that, I don't want to Jim hit the old cliche and you need guards in the tournament because you're going to hear that so much the next couple of weeks. I would just say if you have somebody like Monte Morris, a guy that you know, like, all right, I need you to keep it below two turnovers today in an extremely high-pressure environment. I feel great about that. If you give me Monte Morris over under two turnovers in a big spot in the MTA tournament, I'd take the under and feel good. And I don't know how many other players across the country in those types of circumstances I could say that about. So, Trent, yes, if you got Monte Morris, I think you got a chance. And I just wish he was a little bit more. Maybe in Ames it's different, in Central Iowa it's different, but I just wish across the country he would be recognized a little bit more for his efforts uh, than he has been. It's just been an unbelievable, stellar career in a league that I believe for the fourth year in a row, Ken Pomeroy has been the best in the country. So throughout his entire career, he's basically been playing in the best league in the country, and I just wish he got a little more shine for it.
1: Um, just be just to follow up on that. He is not one of the five guards uh, for the Bob Cousy presented. Great. Yep, for the for the best guard award. Uh, do you find that a little uh, disparaging?
2: I do. I mean, I think a lot of these awards, and it's been kind of, you know, talked about over the years. Um, you know, it's just it goes back to so many of the things that are just voted on. I mean, I don't follow the poll as closely as I would like as closely as I used to. But I see stories all the time about just people randomly voting top 25 teams, moving them, shaking them, doesn't make any sense. They won here. Let's drop them. They lost. Let's zoom them off. People are just making these sorts of assertions all the time. And because the general assumption is, oh, it doesn't matter. Who cares about the regular season? Who cares about the top 25 poll? It really doesn't matter. And the truth of it is, it actually really doesn't matter. Because the tournament selection committee, has basically said, all we care about are good wins, right? That's all they care about. That's the reason Butler was voted ahead of UCLA in the initial reveal on CBS. People, how could Butler be ranked ahead of UCLA? Butler has some unbelievable wins. And that cancels out some of your bad losses. So to your point, Jim, I think a lot of these awards, unfortunately, that are voted on are just not voted on by people that truly follow the sport on an everyday basis. And as you often know, If you can't get on the preliminary list, it's very difficult to get on the list when it matters. So uh, I wish for his accomplishments, he would be able to check back and say, hey, you know, I did this, this, and that, and obviously not being on the finalist list precludes him from winning. But at the end of the day, I think in college basketball, we've all sort of come to the assumption that it's just really about making the final four. I mean, if you're a legit program, I think you hang a conference championship banner, you hang a final four banner, and a title banner, and that's it. For whatever reason, the individualized scoring, I mean, look, this kid, Marcus King from Central Michigan, is going to be the highest-scoring player since, like, Glenn Robinson, and he's doing it at 5'9", but really nobody cares. <laughs> because not because he's not a great player, but because again, it's these stats, it's these individual awards, give me the wooden award winner, and that's about it. You know, I think in college football, hey, Heisman's one thing, but let's get the cost Let's get The Remington Award. Those things matter. I just don't think in college basketball those things matter. It's a shame because when you're trying to build a legacy, you want to be able to say, I got this, this, and that in my back pocket. But for whatever reason, I think it's just for the accepted norm that it's just not that big of a deal in this particular sport. I don't know if you'd agree with
1: that. No, I do agree with that. Uh, It's always good, man, when we catch up with you. We know that you're busy. You probably got to hit the treadmill before you start working.
2: I've been doing that while we've been doing
1: the interview. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know that? Thank you, my man. Have a great day, Zoom. Anytime. You too, guys. Thanks. All right. See you, buddy. There you go. Zoom ahead to ESPN. Jimmy B and TC will be right back.
0: The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. Hey, it's Jimmy B.
3: A place for sports, great food, and drinks.
4: Draft House 50,
3: Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines.
5: Grammy-nominated Joe Bonamassa, hailed as one of the world's greatest guitar players.
3: Man,
6: Man,
5: Blues rock titan Man, Joe Bonamassa, live in concert I'm on bad. Thursday, March 9th at the Des Moines Civic Center.
6: Blues
5: Tickets on sale now at the venue box office and at Des Moines PerformingArts.org. Joe Bonamassa, don't miss your chance to experience the guitar event of the year progressive presents mind flowness with flow
0: picture it your car and home insurance are perfectly bundled you're saving loads of money and life is so much easier you exist in a heightened state of easy peasiness life is as easy as it is peasy as peasy as it is easy
5: experience oneness Bundle home and auto insurance with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.
7: Sometimes diabetes can feel more like do not Don't do this, don't forget that. But with a little help from Walgreens, diabetes won't slow you down. Stop by for expert pharmacy care in store or online via pharmacy chat. Pick up the medications you rely on and get savings on testing supplies from all major brands like OneTouch and Walgreens TrueMetrics. Walgreens has just what you need to do more with diabetes. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy.
8: Napa Know How!
0: Spend $24 on anything at Napa this month, and you'll get a free Chase Elliott Racing Cap. You can spend it on oil, you can spend it on wiper blades. Heck, spend it on a year's supply of pine tree air fresheners. No matter what you spend 24 bucks on, you'll walk away with a free Chase Elliott racing cap planted firmly on your noggin. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How! At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Offer expires 331.17. See you said. Your Honor, I stand before you to prove that and ATT's two-year price guarantee is the ultimate all-included bundle experience. Order. I submit Exhibit A. Direct Select All Included Package with over 145 channels. Exhibit B, monthly fees for Wi-Fi Gateway, Genie HD DVR, and three additional receivers included. Objection overruled. Exhibit C reliable high-speed internet and digital home phone
6: dealer now switch to direct tv today and start enjoying the nation's number one satellite tv service call rockstar satellite at 515-262-STAR that's rockstar satellite at 515-262-STAR for us, 24-month tv and 12-month internet agreements and combined billing new approved customers only must remain active and in good standing on all services or then prevailing rates Supply in second year prorated etf up to 480 dollars for tv 180 dollars for internet equipment non-return fees and apply. call for details offerings 121 17
0: jim brenson trent condon It's Jimmy B. and T.C. on 1700 KBGG, live from the Wolf Construction Studio, sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Here's Jim and Trent. Always fun when we have Zubin
1: on. It's always a good time. Uh, We're going to do some Bracketology uh, commentary coming up with Dave Olman from Bracketville. What, in about 10 minutes or so? Right in that area?
3: You got it. You got it. Absolutely. Trying to uh, shovel in my lunch. I know it smells good. What do you got? Spaghetti? Yeah, leftover spaghetti. Good, but my uh, my fork broke. What? Yeah, I had a fork in here, plastic fork. (laughs) It broke. So So I'm ready to eat spaghetti with a spoon. It's not going well. Now this is talent here. It's not going well, folks. If
1: you could only see this. Now, uh, for, first off, Trent and I work in like about a closet. Yeah, that's about the size of our broadcast room. Well, what
3: do you think it actually is? Maybe uh, ten by ten.
1: Yeah, no more than that. Yeah, yeah, that's a big closet. Big closet. That's yeah. all it is.
3: That's a Brinson type closet. True. Yeah. When I
1: when I was doing television yeah. and all the suits I had, they were, they were overpaying you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we know somebody had to make that money. It might as well have been me. It's true. Don't so, need to give any more to the weather guy. <laughs> oh, God. Guys that are wrong 60% of the time. Oh, it's like you. <laughs> no. I don't think that's the case. The thing that the thing that I I found real interesting, uh, just to recap a little bit what Zubin was talking about. And he brought up how they all have everybody has their different lists for all Americans mm-hmm. and different trophy presentations for uh, best bottle washer on the bench, uh, best guy who washes the socks. Uh, do you get caught up in that or not? I mean, no, you, no. I, I never did either. Not in, not in basketball, football, a little bit more. The only thing I really are interested in is, is Heisman Trophy. I, I don't get caught up in Bolitnikov Award. See, or, and even the
3: Heisman, I, I certainly
1: I, am not
3: like. No, it but I'll was. watch that. Yeah, yeah. Basketball is, yeah. I mean, I, I... It's got a 1,000 awards. Well, so does football. Yeah. But football, so, I think, just carries more weight. You know, somebody wins yeah, the it's, Outland it's, Trophy. Yeah. That's important. You know, I, I can see that. The Bob Cousy Award, okay. Uh, yeah. You know, what What do they have for the shooting guard? Do you know? I, Peter Jock was on some list, I remember, back in the beginning of the year and didn't get yeah. the mid-season cut. And, well, right, who yeah. yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I know. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, I don't. The football ones, to me, are more important. I don't get overly concerned with any of them. Mm-hmm. They're... Uh, a throwaway tagline. It, it, it pretty much is. Yeah, that's I mean, it's
1: it it's probably nice recognition for yeah, the would kid you get it? for yeah. the kid. Yeah, but nationally, it's no. it's no disparaging well, even comment think the,
3: about your game. Even think about the Wooden Ward. Yeah, I mean, it does yeah. It just doesn't have much no. weight. No, National Player of the Year doesn't have much weight. No, I saw a couple. I think NBC came out with theirs. They did with Rob Doster and Hines and that crew. And yep. And they, they had, had
1: they had Mark Few as the coach, coach of, the of the year of Gonzaga and as the player yeah, of the year
3: and yeah okay okay yeah but I'm not going to lose sleep no one way or the other even if I had a strong argument college basketball yeah and you decide it on the floor it's about the five guys together it's, right it's just it's different than even college football in that way where the individual awards at least to me don't carry a whole lot of weight right it. yeah it just I, I
1: mean I've I've never been a person that was. Into the awards thing, I'm yeah. all, I'm all about the W and the L. Yeah, that's where I come in.
3: So what else we? I mean, we got NCAA going on. Yes, it's it's hot and heavy. It is. We got NCAA wrestling coming up, not this weekend, but the following. Right. Which uh, Iowa... Which you'll get lost in the shuffle
1: again will. because of the NCAA tournament. I don't understand. I know that. I have,
3: I have pleaded you and have. begged
1: for years. Every, every time it comes around, you have
3: screamed from the highest mountain, change this thing. And it's, it's not a difficult change. Move your calendar back a month. That's it. Yeah. Just move it back a month. Instead of starting in, you know, with practices at the end of October, start at the end of November, mm-hmm. or maybe right after Thanksgiving, and you lead up, and you have a couple of meets in December, and then by January, you basically you make it into almost a one semester sport as opposed to a two. And we know about basketball is different because right, well, because it's basketball, it's, and the y- money yes. that comes in. Wrestling, these guys are not going on to become pro wrestlers. You're going to there to be a wrestler mm-hmm. and to get an education. That's more important than it is at the D1 basketball level. It just is. It's the reality of the situation.
1: And, and, and they, they struggle to get eyeballs to watch it as it
3: is. In the middle of April, if you would just move it back a month. Yeah. What do you have going on? Uh, only baseball. Baseball. The Masters, you do it the week after That's that. It, yeah. I think it is the perfect time on the calendar. Yeah. You have the beginning of baseball season. You miss that initial rush of baseball. Oh, baseball's back your Second, third week. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, I got 150 50 games to play. Yeah, to
1: okay. Well, well there's, uh, there's wrestling on here, college wrestling. Well, okay, I'll watch that.
3: going on? I hear you, pal. I'm there's with you. nothing. I, I know. And for a sport that continues to say that they want to grow the sport after almost losing yes, Olympic wrestling, that is correct. All this talk about growing our yes. sport, it is the simplest, easiest way to do it. And the only negative and the only pullback you hear is, well, oh, we've always done it in March. That's it. That's, that's your that's reason. That's your argument? Yeah. That's your argument. That's all that you have. It's not a very good one. No, it is move not. Move this thing to April. Move it to the middle of April. You'll get more eyeballs and an opportunity to build your sport. That's the problem uh, because nobody will watch except
1: wrestling fans. Exactly. That's it. When you're because looking... nobody gives a rats about it because yeah. the
3: because the tournament's on. Absolutely. And, and the same thing for the women's tournament. Yeah. Why don't they move it back even a week? Even a week mm-hmm. where then you have your final four all on its own the week after. Yeah. I think it would make I, so much more sense. I agree with you.
1: you you're, the idea is to try to capture the casual sports fan. Mm-hmm. The
3: hardcore people—they'll be there. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna be there no matter what. Yeah, that the rest of well, we we sell out championships yeah, but, every well, year. But just, we got 20,000. That's fine. Yeah, that's your base. They're always gonna they're be always there. gonna be
1: there. You're about building. Yes, and they never. That's see why that. NASCAR sucks right now is because I'll they've have to take your word for They it. have they they've lost their they, they they've lost the casual fan. All they have left right now for NASCAR mm, is the hardcore fan. Mm-hmm. That's why their television ratings are awful. Their races are boring now for the most part and that big run that they had when they were attracting the casual fan because now there are a way too many races. B once they get into September, they're matched up against college football and the NFL. And so nobody gives a rats about them except a gearhead. They, they have to fix it as well. But college wrestling has to be the one that will, I agree with you, Trent, has to take the bull by the horns and change. We're coming right back on The Big Talker 1700.
0: News, talk, sports. Yeah, we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com.
3: Trey Condon here, and I want to tell you about our great friends at Draft House 50 on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. If you're looking for basketball, you're not going to find a better place in the metro than Draft House 50. Big screen TVs across the bar, sound on for the local games, and great brews to go along with it. Don't forget about the food. Classic bar food with an upscale style and a tap system like you've never seen before. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Here's a question for you.
5: Do you know this song?
9: Okay, let's think about this. Why is it that everyone remembers hundreds of songs, almost note for note, they never set out to memorize? That's the power of sound. It's sticky. When you hear a song or maybe a good advertising message with some frequency week after week for about six months, it gets into your long-term memory even when you don't intend it to. You remember it because you heard it. That's why radio is the sticky advertising medium. You don't hear a newspaper or billboard, and really not a web page or a Facebook ad. Okay, TV has the power of sound too, but advertising on TV week after week can be pretty expensive. With radio, you can
5: afford to get sticky. Then, when somebody's in the market for what you sell, who are they going to remember? If you want them to remember you, take advantage of radio. The power of sound. I'm Jason Horowitz, and this is March Madness.
9: Gets
8: it to Jesperson from midcourt, lets it fly.
5: Jesperson and the Panthers knocked off the Texas Longhorns last year in a first-round upset classic. Here, Westwood One's exclusive coverage of this year's NCAA tournament right here.
6: State Farm knows that life is like college basketball. Having the right combination
2: can make all the difference. Cinderella stories and college basketball? Good combination. Cinderella stories and college parties? Once upon a time, there was this princess. Bad combination. At State Farm, we know the power of a good combination. Talk to
5: an agent for help combining your home and auto into a plan that's right for you. State Farm, here to help
7: life go right. Sometimes diabetes can feel more like do not Don't do this, don't forget that. But with a little help from Walgreens, diabetes won't slow you down. Stop by for expert pharmacy care in-store or online via pharmacy chat. Pick up the medications you rely on and get savings on testing supplies from all major brands like OneTouch and Walgreens TrueMetrics. Walgreens has just what you need to do more with diabetes. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy.
3: The weather's warming up, and it's time to think about your spring projects. Wolf Construction Roofing can take any roofing job, large and small. Flat roofs, sloped, or pitched. The guys at Wolf Construction will do a wonderful job for you. Most single-family home projects are completed in one day, and your property is left in better condition than they found it. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. It's Wolf Construction Roofing. Call BJ Bengard today, 515-225-8866, or check them out online, wolfconstruction.net.
1: it's a family membership add-on special. It's Aspen West Glen Town Center, West Des Moines.
0: Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC.
1: Welcome back in everybody. We roll till 3 o'clock today. Um, We've done a lot of talk today on brackets and where Iowa and Iowa State uh, may end up, so We figured we'd go get the expert. Dave Amund is going to join us right now. Bracketville is where you can find all of his great work. Uh, And he's taking a little bit of time to uh, be with us today. So we'll uh, pop him up here in just a second. And it'll be good So when we get a chance to talk to him. I want to uh, say hello to him right now. He joins us on the Draft House 50 Hotline, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Dave.
9: Hey, how are you guys today? Uh,
1: We're doing great, pal. Uh, Let's start first, uh, in the Big Ten with Iowa, and now that they have reeled off four in a row, they're still on the outside looking in. It is our guesstimation that they would need to win at least two games in the Big Ten tournament to get considered. Is that fair, or do you have them not even in?
9: No, I have them just on the outside looking in uh, as of today. In fact, in, in that group of teams, it would be first four out, so mm-hmm. they are knocking on the door, but as you mentioned, I think realistically, two wins at the Big Ten tournament gets you in a position to be at least more strongly considered, because mm-hmm. you also have an Illinois team that's right in that same group at this point in time. Um, obviously, those teams would not play each other until well into the Big Ten tournament. They would actually probably both be happy if they were in that situation. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: they would. <laughs> um,
9: but uh, you know, the first step for Iowa obviously is to get past Indiana, which won't be easy. Simply because Indiana is one of those teams that has, you know, based on their talent, you could say they they haven't quite put it together this year. But one of those that could certainly make a run. So Iowa needs to beat them. And then there's a kind of a domino effect with everybody else. None of these teams plays a game in a vacuum. So it's not only what you do, but what everyone else around you does as well. Mm-hmm.
3: That's always the uh, difficult thing, Dave, when you're trying to figure this out is, ah, you win two, you're in. Yeah. Well, there is well, other things uh-huh. happening. There are upsets there. are Other teams that are playing themselves in, I mean, we, we can see a case where a Say a double-digit seed goes like an Indiana, wins the Big Ten, then they get the automatic bid. Yeah. They're in there, and another, uh, another bid is gone from the at-large pool. So as you go through here and individually with Iowa, what they have to do, what would be kind of the argument on the Hawkeye side, and what would be the one negative holding them back, even if they do get two more wins?
9: Well, I think I'll try to make this as easy to understand as I can in a very complex situation, because this year's bubble, as you guys well know, is littered with teams with a lot of losses, more so than we've had in the last few years, for sure. In one of the years I can remember where it's just, we have so many teams with 12, 13 losses. So in the case of Iowa right now, you know, they do have nine top 100 wins, and they have you know, a, a victories over Purdue and Maryland and Iowa State in the non-conference. So from that standpoint of their resume, you know, it actually looks pretty good. But when you start getting into that territory of a team, if they lose again, you're going to have 14 losses. Okay, where do you fall on that line? Um, you know, it's not real common for teams with 14 losses to get at large bids. Mm-hmm. Every year is different. And this is one of those years where we could see one of those teams. And, in fact, you have a Vanderbilt team who has you know, one of the, if not the top overall, one of the top two schedules in the nation. And so they're coming in right now. If they lose in the SEC tournament, they're going to have 15. We've never seen that happen before, but they're right along that cut line too. So the committee is going to have a lot to deal with when you're talking about a team like an Iowa who could maybe end up with 14 losses, a team with 15 losses. How does that compare? And then you throw in a team like, you know, an Illinois State who is now sitting in the at-large pool out of the Missouri Valley with, you know, who has been consistent throughout the year with 26 wins, did not have the same opportunities to play those higher-in schools throughout. And the Valley was down by its standards this year. So when you start comparing all of that, Which of those things get pulled out as being the most important? Those are the challenging questions uh, that we'll be trying to deal and and sort through uh, this week.
1: Let's just stay in the Big Ten with one more question for you, and then we'll get to Iowa State and the Big 12. Northwestern, do you have them in already, or do they need to win a game?
9: I think at this point, barring some really unforeseen circumstances, Northwestern will be – Making its first ever appearance into the NCAA tournament, so you uh, barring again some real weird situations mm-hmm. you know if if Rutgers were to beat Ohio State and then Northwestern loses to Rutgers, right. yeah. and then we see a bunch of upsets, you know maybe it gets a little closer than what they would like, but I think Northwestern's been consistent enough throughout the year that uh it's it's really looking up for them at this point.
3: So, Dave, uh, let's go to the Big 12 now. Iowa State in the uh, conference tournament as the four seed. They'll get Oklahoma State coming up in the quarterfinals on Thursday. For the Cyclones, I know there's been some uh, moving pieces for ISU. Most people have them in a six at their latest one. Uh, Your latest over at NBCSports.com, also with the Cyclones at the number six line um, out in Salt Lake City. Syracuse would be their opening round opponent with your bracket. If they get hot and win this thing, how high can the Cyclones go? And if they lose, are they in, uh, in danger of dropping down to the 7 line?
9: Again, I'll, I'll make it with this note. There's a lot of moving parts, mm-hmm. as you said, so it's hard to give a, an absolute. I think the 6 line for them right now is a really good starting point mm-hmm. um, for where they at. And, you know, if they lose that opening round game, they could easily still stay on that 6 line unless... Some things happen behind them, and they just sort of get, quote, passed. Probably the ceiling, I would say, would be getting to the four line. Um, And the reason I say that is if you look at the teams in front of that, there's just so much competition for the two and the three lines right now that it, it would take just almost too much work and the impossibility of two to three more games to move into that kind of territory. So, you know, it, it, it depended on who they beat along the way, you know, in the Big 12 tournament, could they get up to the four line? It's possible, you know, the bottom part of that four line. But but I think realistically a five or six is most likely where they're going to end up. Um, if they lose the first game and some other things happen, they could end up as a high seven. But, you know, that's kind of where I see it falling out between now and Sunday.
1: For Oklahoma State, um, they they've really – Turned it on after being 0-6 in conference play. uh, They have really righted that ship. Uh, I got a chance to see some of their game against Kansas down the stretch. Lost closely, even though it was at home for Oklahoma State. But Kansas is the number one team in the nation. For Oklahoma State, if they were to upset Iowa State and then play Kansas again, would they possibly move into a 6 and Iowa State would drop to a 7? Could you see that flip-flop take place?
9: In the right situation, that could happen. It's not so much whether it becomes Oklahoma State versus Iowa State. It kind of becomes who else does what in there. So Oklahoma State could climb. Whether or not they would pass Iowa State on the C-list would just depend on how far they went if they, you know, if they beat Kansas and then won it all.
1: Right, okay. Again,
9: we're, we're getting also here where you have to understand, and I try to remind people, you know, you look at the whole body of work of a team, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, yes, they've played a lot better by far here in, in the last two months, which is a credit to them. But when you look at the whole scope of the team, these two or three games can make a little bit of a difference of a seating or make that difference for those teams on the bubble. But, you know, a team's not going to go from a seven seed to a two seed, and I know that's a little real unrealistic, but, you know, sometimes people go, oh, I've seen what they did the last three weeks. They're playing great, or the last three games. That's great. Well, yeah, but you have to account for the whole season. So, um, yeah, could that happen? Absolutely. It's also going to depend on, you know, like St. Mary's, who's on the sixth line, and Wisconsin and Maryland, who are right in that same mix. Did they both win? Did they hold? Or being a little bit of a down year in the Big Ten, Oklahoma State may pass them, and both Iowa State and Oklahoma State end up on the sixth line. Hmm. I think that's probably more likely than Oklahoma State going on up and passing them and saying trying to get to the bottom of the five.
3: What about Kansas State in the Big 12? What uh, left has uh, for them? they got Baylor coming up in the quarterfinals, the night session on Thursday night. Kansas State uh, got the last two wins of the regular season to at least stop that big skid. How much work in your mind do the Wildcats have?
9: You know, they're kind of in a, in a real tough spot here because right out of the gate, you know, you get a Baylor team who's really good. And so obviously, I, I guess maybe a little bit of a catch 22. The one advantage of that is if you beat Baylor again and you have a win over West Virginia and you have a win at Oklahoma State, is that enough? To then carry Kansas State into that, across that threshold and back into the bracket, given the fact that it would still only be their sixth top 100 win, or do they have to win another game after that? And really, until we start getting closer to Thursday and Friday and seeing what else happens, that's a question that's just uh, too hard to say for sure. But obviously, if Kansas State loses to Baylor, it's going to be a lot tougher to see their road into the bracket, or if they do squeeze in right there at the very bottom of it, most likely.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, when you talk about the top four, where who are your top four right now? I know Kansas is one, but where are you going after that?
9: Well, Villanova would be on right sort of 1A and be the number two overall seed and be in the east, followed by North Carolina in the south, and then Gonzaga in the west. And I think pretty much at this point, from my viewpoint, Mm -hmm. Kansas and Villanova are about as locked in as you're going to get. So I don't see either one of them moving from the one line. Um, You know, come Sunday now, could the order potentially change? Let's say Carolina goes and wins the ACC tournament. Could they end up leapfrogging one of those if Villanova or Kansas, you know, loses along the way? Yeah, I suppose that's possible. Um, but I, I think those two are it's going to be hard to move them off the of one line at this point. The other two are a little more open. I think Carolina, by beating Duke the other night, you know, looks pretty good to hold on to its spot, but yeah, there's still a little leeway. And then you know, the big question is with Gonzaga. I, I think if they win the West Coast Conference Tournament, they'll stay as the number one seed in the West, and probably the Pac-12 winner, whether that be Oregon, UCLA, or Arizona, will then end up getting the two in the West region. Um, and then the kind of the other dominoes will fall in line from there.
3: Dave Amann, you see his work over at NBCSports.com, part of Brackenville, and with us here on the Draft House 50 hotline. Dave, as always, appreciate it. Good to catch up, and uh, maybe in the later in the week, we might try to sneak in uh, yeah. one more time for a quick hit if that's okay.
9: That'll work. Hey, it's always a good time to talk college hoops, right?
1: That'll be great, Dave. Yeah, we'll look forward to that. Have a great day, man. All right, you too. Thanks. See you. Dave Amund, Brackenville. Good stuff out of him. We're coming right back on The Big Talker 1700.
0: The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG.
5: Grammy-nominated Joe Bonamassa, hailed as one of the world's greatest guitar players. Blues rock titan, Joe Bonamassa, live in concert on Thursday, March 9th at the Des Moines Civic Center. Tickets on sale now at the venue box office and at Des Moines Performing Arts.org. Joe Bonamassa, don't miss your chance to experience the guitar event of the year.
6: Everyone loves barbecue. That's why Cute Smokehouse, the winners of TLC's Barbecue Pitmasters Season 2, opened up a place right here in town. Cute Smokehouse has an up-to-date spring menu with new daily specials, made-from-scratch sides, desserts, and of course, excellent barbecue. Cute Smokehouse has got you covered whether you want to eat in, take out, or catering for your upcoming wedding or graduation party. Open 11 to 8, Tuesday through Saturday, and 11 to 6 on Sundays. Find them at 245 East Hickman in Waukee, across from the Dairy Queen and online, cubesmokehouse.com. That's K U E D smokehouse.com. Get here early because when it's gone, it's gone. And make sure you get in on the Cute Smokehouse sweet deal. This Friday morning at 9, you'll be able to get $50 worth of Cute Smokehouse certificates for only $25. Yeah, you heard right. Get $50 worth of Cute Smokehouse certificates for only $25. This sweet deal is sure to go fast, so get yours Friday morning at 9 at 1700KBGG.com.
7: Sometimes diabetes can feel more like do not diabetes, Don't do this, don't forget that. But with a little help from Walgreens, diabetes won't slow you down. Stop by for expert pharmacy care in-store or online via pharmacy chat. Pick up the medications you rely on and get savings on testing supplies from all major brands like OneTouch and Walgreens TrueMetrics. Walgreens has just what you need to do more with diabetes. Walgreens, at the corner of happy and healthy.
6: Don't miss this amazing limited-time offer from Sprint. Switch and get four lines of unlimited data, talk, and text, plus HD video and 10 gigabytes of mobile hotspot, all for just $22.50 per month per line for four lines. Just $22.50 per line. That's 50% off Verizon and AT&T rates. And don't forget, Sprint's network reliability is within 1% of Verizon and AT&T. So why would you pay twice as much for your unlimited plan? Hurry in for the best unlimited plan ever. Visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. After 331 18, $60 for line 1, $40
9: line 2, and $30 lines 3 through 4 per month. Coverage and offer not everywhere excludes taxes, surcharges, roaming, and premium content. Streams video up to HD 1080p, music up to 1.5 megabits per second, and gaming up to 8 megabits per second. Credit $30 activation fee, prohibited network use rules, data deprioritization, and restrictions apply.
7: You guys are going to want to stick around. Promise. So subscribe.